Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours, and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 82. Hello, friends. As I was preparing for this podcast, making some notes and things like that, I realized that it is basically my four-year podcast anniversary. I'm recording this actually on February 5th, 2022, and apparently (laughs) I started the podcast on February 7th, 2018. I actually thought I'd been doing this coming up on three years, not four, so not not good at keeping track of time here. But um, yeah, that's uh, pretty pretty exciting. I am glad that I've been able to stick with it. Um, it's been so much fun to talk with you guys, um, just, you know, create this uh, little community we have of just chatting about fun, creative things over a cup of tea or whatever your beverage of choice is. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Well, for today's episode, I have my cup of tea in hand, which is one that I got from my husband for Christmas. It is called Citron Green um, from Harney and Sons, of course. Um, I think last episode I talked about that I needed to back off some caffeine. I was having some issues with my stomach, but I have found that a small amount of green tea is fine, and I like it so much better than herbal tea. As a matter of fact, I think I talked about the pack of herbal tea that I got last time, and um, once I kind of looked up some of the things that I should avoid for my stomach issues, (laughs) that particular pack was full of them. Peppermint, which I don't actually like anyways. Um, What else was there? Well, one of them was just a straight up black tea. I think that was an accident. Um, Oh, I get now I can't even remember what the other things were, but it just did not even like that pack of tea did not really work out for me. So Oh, well, but um, it's fine. So still enjoying my my green tea and just drinking a little bit less of it. You know what else I'm not supposed to have, for, at least for right now, is anything carbonated. So my beloved soda stream is sitting idle right now and it um, is killing me. I, I am going to have to figure out a way to, you know, just see if I can drink a little bit of that. But what has been working well is I've been back to brewing kombucha. And, um, and I just have not just you know, I'm drinking it right out of the tap in the container a lot of times when I run out and I'm not even doing, you know, I, for a long time I was adding a little bit of like blueberries or raspberries or a little bit of juice and letting it do a second ferment. Um, and now I'm just going first ferment. I just love the way it tastes and it actually makes a pretty good cocktail too. And it's easier on my stomach than red wine. So anyways, um, that's kind of what's what's going on here. I did want to say thank you to all the people who reached out. Um, on the last episode, I was saying that I was kind of struggling with being a little bit down, that I think that in some ways the pandem- pandemic depression was, was catching up with me two years later. But um, apparently I'm not the only person feeling this way. As a matter of fact, I had coffee with a good friend yesterday and she was saying exactly the same thing that starting in like late December and January, she's like, I got so down. I'm like, yeah, I hear you. So um, I have kind of figured out that that one thing to do is um, to kind of mix it up a little bit. So um, just, you know, life, especially when it's just my husband and I now, every day can seem very much uh, like the rest, especially both of us working from home. And um, I was, you know, sort of fondly remembering working in an office and being so excited to come home and just 
tuck in for the night and not want to go in every, anywhere. But now that's just the way it is every day. <laughs> just like, just move from one room to the next. So some things I've been doing to mix it up is um, last weekend, we went down to San Diego to celebrate my, my son's birthday. And I don't know how we lucked out so much that all three of our kids ended up in San Diego, but what a gift that is. So we packed up the dog in a crate in the back of the car and we went and went down there and um, did a fun walk on the beach with the uh, with the dog and then became one of those people that ate outdoors at the beach with the dog on a leash at the foot of the table. <laughs> Never thought I would be that person and I don't want to take the dog everywhere but it was nice to be able to do that um, and it has been so nice that uh, two of my kids are sharing an apartment there in San Diego for all the years that we've been going to San Diego to visit college kids one of the hard parts about that with when kids are living in a dorm or an apartment with a bunch of other people is that, you know, when there's no place to just rest, you know, we'll, we'll pick them up and go for lunch and walk on the beach and then go get some coffee and then drive down the coast and how much longer till, you know, dinner. And, you know, it's like you just, we have to keep moving and it can be really exhausting. So we were able to just head back to um, my kid's apartment afterwards. Um, ben, the college kid, sat down, did some homework. And um, then the the four of us just watched a movie and rested before we headed out for dinner. And man, it just meant, it just made the whole, uh, the whole visit so much more chill. And so nice. So that was fun last week. Um, my husband and I went out to dinner this week. I've been trying to schedule Friday afternoons are like blocked out on my calendar to, to have coffee with friends. Like Friday at three, I'm just rotating through all my friends so I get to see them on a regular basis. And, um, and that's really been something that has been kind of saving my life right now. Just kind of looking forward to that. And, uh, and tomorrow I'm headed out on a hike with um, a whole group of friends that I have known, I want to say since high school, but honestly, at least one of them, we were in first grade brownies together. <laughs> um, so it's been, um, yeah, so it, because I live close to where I grew up, it's been really nice to um, to you know, stay in contact with some friends that I have known for a very long time. So um, we're going to do a, a hike in Ojai tomorrow, and I'm really, really looking forward to that. So yeah, I, that's my strategy for, for beating the doldrums is to just kind of try to mix it up a little bit. And, and I think it's kind of working. So I hope that uh, you guys are doing well. And before we uh, head into the quilting segment, I'd like to thank our sponsor, The Fat Quarter Shop. The Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. So are you guys hooked into the ninth annual charity quilt called Heartfelt? Um, it's a beautiful quilt. Every block has a heart in it, and it's a fundraiser for uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So the way it works is that they offer a heartfelt pattern as free downloads during the event with a suggested donation of $5 each, which goes to Make-A-Wish Central in South Texas. But you can also just make a larger one-time contribution of $50. No amount is too big or too small, um, you know, to, to make a difference to this charity. So from February, so it just started, you're not behind, through September, they will publish a new pattern on the Heartfelt Announcement blog post on the first Friday of each month, and I will link to that in the show notes. Um, the one that they are showing is they, they have kits for um, one done with Corey Yoder's line called Beautiful Day, and it is beautiful. Um, all It's got all the fabric requirements and the patterns. You can sew it with whatever you want. 
And um, yeah, they're just absolutely a stunning quilt. So I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to um, participate in that. All right, let's let's uh, talk some quilting. But I actually want to start by saying that um, the Fat Quarter Shop has sent me some patterns. You know, they have their own pattern line called It's So Emma. And they publish beautiful patterns. There's print patterns. They have PDF patterns. And I am going to, in honor of the uh, four-year podcast anniversary, I'm going to give away um, these this set of patterns, just two patterns, to somebody in the um, Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. So I'll create a post there that people can comment on, and I will randomly pick a winner. So if you're not in that group, I encourage you to get over there and, and do that. So there's two patterns. One is called, and I will link to them in the show notes. They're both beautiful. One's called Evening Primrose. How do you describe a quilt pattern? It, um, <laughs> it's a, a pattern that it's kind of, it's got a star motif. It also could be considered, I guess they're really supposed to be flowers. It's primrose. Um, and it's got this sort of alternating, um, secondary block things, just gorgeous. And another one called Zurich that, um, it's kind of got this like three dimensional, uh, uh, action going on. So again, hard to describe. I will put links in the show notes, but um, I will just send both of those off to um, a winner in um, in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. So there'll obviously be a link to that in the show notes as well. So what am I working on? Um, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit that I'm on like the last 12 inches or so of binding my Cabin Valley quilt. I don't know. Sometimes I love binding and sometimes it feels like a slog. And for some reason, this is taking forever. And it's just, it's totally me. Um, But uh, so I just have been binding while I've been watching TV. And so it doesn't matter. It can take forever. I have no real plans for this quilt at this point. But isn't it funny? I know some people love to bind and some people hate to bind. Normally, I'm a love to bind person. And I don't really mind it at all. It's just that I don't exactly know why it's taken so long. But the other thing that I'm preparing for is um, in the spring, I'm going to be on um, a little book tour of table topper uh, patterns. And um, so I have figured out which one I want to do. And I've been looking at um, what I want to use for fabric. So the, the pattern um, for it is pretty traditional. So I'm, I'm going to try to make my fabric selection something that's makes it just a smidge more modern. Um, So I dug out my leftover fabric from the Boro line from Moda. So a few years ago I did what is absolutely my favorite quilt. It was in a magazine, um, I guess it was American Patchwork and Quilting, Um, and what did they call it? Indigo Illusion. And uh, my name for it was Wabi Sabi. (laughs) They sometimes pick different names when you submit to magazines. Um, But it's a, a bunch of, sort of indigo blue boro fabrics. So boro is that um, visible mending type of stitch. And um, so a lot of the patterns in um, the line have um, those kind of long stitches like that and kind of cross hatches. It's, it's really, it's quite beautiful. And there were basically, I think, three different um, fabric types in this line. And and that just made, like there was a, a woven, um, what, you know, there's a quilting cotton, a woven, which is a little bit different, I think more of like a blouse fabric, and then more of a linen. The background, when I actually ordered the fabric, I didn't realize, I thought the background sort of looked like linen, but wasn't, no, it was like linen. And it is so soft. Um, it is just it, that 
quilt with the three different types of fabric is just one of my absolute favorites. So I've been wanting to do something with the, the leftovers from that project. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I pulled them all out and, and pulled out all the the scraps that are long enough to uh, fit for the, the cutting instructions for this. So that's what I'm going to be working on. Um, I just, I just, I'm going to, even though it's, it's all, it's blue and white, which I think will help, uh, you know, the limited color palette might make it a little bit more modern. Um, and I, I need to hunt down some white or slightly off white linen. I might have some in my stash. I used to, um, go to thrift stores I should do this again and look for linen. So I actually know, I don't know that I have enough, but I bought one of those 80s linen dresses. It was such an 80s dress with an empire waist and ties in the back. And I just have cut it up for the linen. It was like the it was like $4 or something. It was the cheapest way to get, you know, like a couple yards of linen. Um, I also, I don't know what it was. I, I've When I first got turned on to this is I basically found, a maybe it was from a upholsterer, a bag of scraps. Um, of large linen scraps that I have used for years. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, so I'm hunting that down, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to to kind of putting that together and looking at the the, the different colors and textures, working that into um, a table topper, which I have uh, haven't made a table topper for a while, so that'll be fun. The other thing that I've been thinking about is um, that quarter shop. You know that you can get the, the the daily emails from them, and the one from the other day had. The new line from Zen Chic, which is called, she has, she has a, a line called Modern Background. And then, you know, I think she keeps adding to it. So the most recent one was called Modern Background, Even More Paper. I think it was called, at first one, it was Modern Background Paper. Now it's Even More Paper. And um, I have mentioned that I wanted to do a quilt where the background fabric was, was low volume. I, I really love that super scrappy look, but... Um, when I have tried to do it, I just, I don't have enough things that, that <laughs> kind of go together that, that are the similar amounts, you know, have similar background colors in terms of, you know, white versus off white. And sometimes the, the print on them is too strong. I just felt like I didn't have a very good stash for that. So I'm thinking about getting this because this has just in a, a beautiful selection of things like that and they have she has for the backgrounds some you know kind of white white ones and off-white ones and even some other colored backgrounds kind of muted backgrounds so I think that might be the way to fill the gap in my stash for to do a low volume quilt or a just low volume background so if you have a similar gap in your stash I will put a link to that in the show notes as well so um last episode I had talked about um, that I had received a new Aliso iron the TG 1600 Pro Plus which is the the um, new upgrade from their their last um, smart iron full size and um, I hadn't really cracked into it but I have now so I will give, tell you what I think um, honestly so a few years ago when I received my first iron I did a um, I did a review of Aliso irons which um, are a luxury iron. I, you know, I realize that they are expensive, but I do, spoiler, I do love them. So I will link to that review. It, it covers, if I'm not mistaken, both the, um, the large iron and then the little mini craft iron, which is so handy. Love that little thing, especially if you go on retreats and things like that. So the things that in general that I love about 
the Aliso irons is number one, as I mentioned last time, that is, I think it's called eye touch technology. You touch the handle, you keep it horizontal, you touch the handle and it goes down and then you iron. And then um, when you're done, when you take your hand off, it pops back up. So it doesn't scorch your, um, you know, cloth or ironing board cover or whatever. And um, if you sew a lot, that flipping up, uh, it's very ergonomic, it's that flipping up on your wrist can, can uh, really, you know, start to uh, get to you with the repetitive um, movements there. So I love that. I also feel like the whole thing is much stabler in terms of me knocking the iron off of my ironing board. So I love that. I love that it's got a 30 minute shut off. That was that has been a, a constant source of um, frustration with other irons is that they're always turning off. Um, especially if you are chain piecing and you, you know, you're going for a while between times when you, you know, are like ironing your seams and you sit down and, you know, I can sew for 15, 20 minutes or so um, before I'm ready to clip all those things and go back to the ironing board. And then I would, sometimes I kind of had trained myself that I'd go and, and, uh, you know, do something to the iron to wake it back up, but you do not have to worry about this with the Aliso iron, but it does have a 30 second shut off if it gets like knocked over or something. So there's definitely the safety features. Um, it, um, it has a really big water tank. If you like steam, which I didn't think I did, but I actually turns out I like steam. Um, it has a really big water tank. So you're not constantly refilling it and you can just put tap water in it. They tell you to just put tap water, not distilled water. So that's one less thing to worry about having on hand. What's new about this, how they've improved it is it has a better sole plate. It's called a diamond ceramic flow and it is very nice. It's very smooth and it is easier to clean. So if you use fuse and things like that where things can happen to your iron super easy non-stick easy to clean um, it's they've actually improved the whole steam thing it's called the triple play triple play steam system and it's um, it's hotter and steamier just like we like our romance novels <laughs> hotter and steamier um, but it's just got all those great it's got it's got like three settings for steam and then you can it has a button if you really like you can't get that crease out or something it's got a little thing where it'll go and really just blast it with steam and it's got that very handy little button too where it'll just spray a little water um, wherever you want so that's really nice um, as I mentioned you just can put tap water in it and where we live um, we have really hard water so there's some anti-scaling um, built in so that's nice I have not had that problem even with my old iron but maybe you know I've only used that for a few years maybe after many years because I do think these last for a long time um, you know uh, the, the hard water deposits might get to it so they've they've countered it with a, an anti-scale device and they've improved the weight distribution on it um, and I appreciate that I, I, I have um, I find both my older one and this one work very nicely in terms of weight distribution, but I have had an iron, a high-end iron in the past that the handle was just, well, the handle wasn't in the wrong place. The controls were in the wrong place so that every time I would grab the iron, I would like turn it off or like, I can't remember what it was, but I had to train myself to put my hand near the bottom of the handle. And then that wasn't ergonomic. So um, 
ergonomics with irons I have learned really do matter and um, yeah they, these these are perfect so no problem there so um, yeah I'm really enjoying it man I just can't tell you how much I love a long cord my my vacuum cleaner has like a 40 foot cord on it I love a long cord I like to have lots of options about where I can move this around in my sewing space so um, yeah I have nothing but great things to say about it it comes in cute colors we've got the yellow and I got the pink one and they have two new colors a turquoise and a purple that they called orchid and they're all beautiful so um, put that sucker on a wish list um, you it's got my full endorsement all right let's move on to books last episode I had just started the rose code by Kate Quinn and I have now finished it um, it's kind of funny it was one of those situations where I had I'd gotten it from Libby um, the the library app and I was running out of time and so I maybe should not say that this is a thing, but I had heard from several people that if you're reading on your Kindle and you put it in airplane mode, it'll still return and you it will not mess up the next person, but it gives you a little extra time to read it. Um, I did finish it like that day. Um, I felt a little guilty for doing it, but um, I read it like a maniac last week. It was really good. It was really good. Um, it was it was another story, um, kind of like in uh, Farley Field that I reviewed last time takes place during World War II at uh, Bletchley Place, which is where they were doing um, code breaking um, for the, the Germans and the Italians, actually, uh, in England there. And um, it, I, when I got to the end and read the, the part of the, at the back of the book, I found out it was based on, I want to say based on true story, it was the characters were based on real people. Like there's even a character named Osla, which um, <laughs> O S L A, and it's be- her mother named her that because she loved Oslo, Norway. So she gave her a feminine version of that. But she was a real person. Like there were many real people in it, including um, you know they include include um, Alan Turing in it, who absolutely was a code breaker there in real life. Um, so and, and they recruited a lot of women to be to be code breakers. It's the story of three women who become friends because they work at the same place and they are um, boarding together in the same house. And they work in very different um, sections. Uh, they have huts at, at Bletchley Place, and, or Bletchley Park is, I guess, what it's called. And um, they can't really talk about what they do. And you had to sign the Official Secrets Act, which you could, like, you could be shot if you told anything to anybody about (laughs) what you were doing and um, so this creates a lot of interesting dynamics Um, it actually takes place in two time periods and the first time period is at the end of the war or years after the end of the war and you um, find out that these three women are actually um, they sort of all hate each other at this point. And then it flips back to um, the time when they were working together and they were the best of friends. So there's, you've got the, the whole added element of what happened here, <laughs> what happened here. And um, there are lots of, uh, you know, historical events that, that are, are woven into it and, um, you know, a, a big plot point about where they all need to work together. And it was just, it was um, kind of a, a thriller. I love the way Kate Quinn writes, and um, she uh, writes about friendships in a in a really good way. And I just love the the added thing when I got to the end and realized that these were really uh, basically based on real people. So that was uh, very enjoyable. 
I've mentioned before that I like this website called Chirp for audiobooks, for inexpensive audiobooks. They also have like normal price audiobooks, but you don't need to subscribe. So I always go through and and basically uh, if, when I'm looking for something, um, look for things that are on, you know, on sale. And I came across um, Light a Penny Candle, which is um, the second Maeve Binchy book that I ever read. So I read my first Maeve Binchy book when I was probably about 24, 25 years old, and I belonged to the Book of the Month Club where they would send you hardbacks. Do you remember that? <laughs> Crazy. And I was uh, sent Circle of Friends when it was like on the bestseller list. And I read that book, which later, of course, became a movie. And when I closed that book, I remember saying that was the best book I ever read. Absolutely love that book. So then I went in search of all the Maeve Binchy books. The second book that I bought was Light a Penny Candle. And when I finished that one, I said, no, that's the best book I ever read. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I mean, as, as well documented, I do love Maeve Binchy. Um, and she definitely kind of went a little bit uh, on a different path later on. But so Light a Penny Candle is has all the elements that I love. It's, you know, an epic tale of friendship. Um, and it starts when one uh, girl, Elizabeth, about 10 years old, is sent from England to live with her mom's friends, family in Ireland because um, of the bombing, because of the Blitz in London, you know, where they were sending kids to the country, but she sent her to Ireland because she had a friend there. And there is a... Um, Another little girl, it's a big Irish, messy, crazy, big Irish family, the O'Connors. But there's another little girl her age named Ashling. And when I first read this book, so Ashling is spelled A-I-S-L-I-N-G. And so I've seen other people that, you know, in my head I pronounced it Aisling. Um, and I loved this, I loved this name. I later found out it was called Ashling because, you know, the Irish, they pronounce everything so crazy. Um, but they become best friends and the story follows them after Elizabeth goes back to England and you know they get married and have children and all you know the how the story progresses and I was thinking I wonder if the story is going to hold up um you know all these years later I remember it's a little faint but I remember having issues with the very ending of the book not being 100% sure if I understood what happened I haven't gotten there yet but so I've been listening to this as an audiobook and it is narrated by Kate Binchy which I did some research I kind of assumed it was her daughter and I actually found a website that said it was her daughter but on mavebinchy.com we find out it is her cousin uh, is Kate Binchy and she apparently is the narrator for um, maybe all the Maeve Binchy books which is kind of cool so um, I'm last weekend I'm cleaning I'm listening to this book and I'm just thinking wow this story is moving so much faster than I remember like this seems a little simplified I just like did I really you know was I such an inexperienced reader back then and then I took a look at it it was the abridged I have the abridged version of it and I could not be more disappointed to be honest with you and I paid this wasn't a $1.99 book I mean I wait paid a whopping $7.99 for because I'm like oh light a penny candle I would love to listen to that so that you do have to be careful so check out abridged um but I do love Love that book, as I do all the Maeve Binchy books. Um, I've now moved on to listening to an Ellery Adams book. So she writes the, um, oh, am I going to remember? I talked about them before. Uh, she wrote Ink and Shadows in the, ah, hang on, the Secret Book and Scone Society books. And someone mentioned, oh, I love the book retreat series. And so I went in search of that. 
And the first one there is called um, Murder in the Mystery Suite. So I'm I'm not too far into that, but I'm I'm enjoying it. The reader has this like Southern drawl, um, which is kind of uh, endearing. <laughs> um, but I'm definitely able to speed up the 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 playback on that, you know, because the Southern drawl slows things down. So I'm enjoying that, um, and I do just want to um, also say so I love chirp for cheap audiobooks and I might have mentioned this before but I got on when I got my new Kindle Oasis reader which I'm continuing to love and it is making me read more because it's such a pleasurable experience now there's a website called bookbub and again no affiliate nothing like that um, but they have really inexpensive audiobooks you go in there and you tell them like what your um, preferences are historical fiction or minor like historical fiction mystery cozy mystery um things like that and then they send you recommendations every day I wish I could slow that newsletter down to once a week to be honest with you but um very inexpensive book so you they actually they are curating lists they're sending you over to Amazon to to buy a you know 99 cents or sometimes even a free dollar 99 whatever audio or uh, ebook so I'm enjoying that and it's um kind of uh, making my to-be-read list get a, a little bit long. And sometimes they will do bestsellers too. I think that's one of my categories. So they were going to sell, you know, telling me that the Underground Railroad, which was a big hit a couple years ago, was on sale for $1.99. And I almost bought it, but then I went, you know what? I bet I could get this on Libby, and I can. So I actually just put it on, on that list. So it does also just help you, you know, remember books that you might want to read. So I'm enjoying that. And I have to say that because I've been feeling so blah lately, I've been reading a lot. That is one thing that takes, you know, sort of no effort on my part. Um, so I just uh, have been really enjoying reading lately. So let's move on to some movies and shows. Um, one movie that I forgot to talk about last time that we watched with the kids is the latest Marvel movie called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And we loved it. We loved it. So this stars... If you have watched Kim's Convenience, um, the the older son in that Jung, he plays the main character here, and I suppose it's common knowledge um, now. But what's interesting is a few years ago he tweeted at Marvel about when are we going to have an Asian superhero, and then like a couple years later he's the star of the Asian superhero movie. Um, so so that was really fun. Um, I don't, I don't know if I really want to, there's probably enough reviews on it that would do my shame, but so just totally enjoyed Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And then the movie we watched with the kids last week was Steve Jobs. It's apparently kind of new. I think it's on, I'm not sure if it's, I think it's on Netflix. It might be Amazon Prime. Um, and it's, you know, another, another biopic about Steve Jobs, but it was very enjoyable. Um, I have very negative feelings about Steve Jobs now, though. <laughs> Gotta be honest with you. The the device they used for this movie was very interesting. It is basically a, the hour before three very significant Apple launches, like the first one when they launched the Mac. It's like at the hour before he's going to walk out on stage and all the people he's interacting with, his director of marketing, um, Steve Wozniak, um, his his partner, and his, um, I guess, I'm not even sure they were married. So his girlfriend and um, his daughter, um, who was like five or six years old at that point. They're, I don't know why she's always showing up <laughs> right before he has to go on stage. But yeah, like there's just this very like group of like maybe five or six characters. 
and um, and all the things that are, are, are going down right before the launch. So there's the Apple launch and then um, what was the next, the, the launch of the Newton? Um, no, not the launch of the Newton, the, when he left Apple and the, the launch of the next computer and then the iMac. So um, it's, you see the, how the, um, the relationships change over these number of years. And, um, and basically he tries, you know, I guess I'd heard this before, but he kind of treats people like crap. It, did, it was not giving me warm fuzzies about Steve Jobs, but it did, you know, reinforce that, you know, he was a, a flawed genius that was laser focused on, you know, um, the artistry of, of technology and bringing that to people. Um, the whole time we're like, why does this director of marketing lady look familiar? turns out it was Kate Winslet. Had no idea until I looked it up at the end. Um, if I went back and watched it now, I'd probably go, that's ridiculous. She just looked vaguely familiar. It's weird. So I think they, I don't know what they did to her. But um, yeah, so that was, en- that was enjoyable. And then we, um, one night when I was very sort of particularly down and sick of life, we watched Fisherman's Friends, which was a movie that t- two people had recommended to me. Um, and it is, again, a true story of like 10 fishermen in Cornwall, England. What's so funny is when I saw the setting, I'm like, that is Cornwall. This like totally looks like where Doc Martin is filmed. And it was, it was literally Port Isaac is the real place. Um, and on Doc Martin is called Port Wynn. Um, and so it's about 10 fishermen who, who, when they're out fishing all day, they sing, uh, sea chanties and then they would entertain the townsfolk with them as well and then um, these these um, kind of young guys come to Cornwall um, on a what do they call it um, a bucks weekend you know it's like bachelor party and they're music producers and on sort of a bet or you know um, one of them kind of tries to get the other to get a record deal for these people and it turned out to be kind of a joke but as it turns out um by that point that guy was all in on making this happen and um so apparently there really was uh i guess spoiler it's based on true story of these singing fishermen um but it was just really fun and the the music is uh you know kind of fun to listen to so that was really that was enjoyable as well and then hopefully you guys are also um tuning into all creatures great and small on pbs um i've only done one read uh, watched one episode so far man did i love that first season and so i'm sort of savoring it a lot of times i sort of binge those shows but um they're just there's like it's that's the wholesome positive show that we need right now so love all creatures great and small okay so here's the fun one um you've probably seen ads for the new Kristen bell netflix eight episode show called the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window <laughs> so i had heard that it was funny and it was it's it's like it's a dark mystery slash thriller slash but it's also funny because it's kind of a it's a parody of and i didn't know this right away um it's a parody of this book and this other netflix movie the woman in the window. Um, and um, so we watched the whole thing. Uh, it kind of, to me, fell apart a little bit at the end, but totally enjoyable. There is, um, it's a little gory in places. <laughs> it's gory in places. There's one episode that gets a little explicit um, sexually, but that's that's it. 
um, it was still, it was quite, quite enjoyable. And then I was reading a review of it or something and found out that it was basically um, a send-up of The Woman in the Window with Amy Adams, which apparently did not do well on Netflix. And so we are watching that. Actually, we have just about 20 minutes left. My husband keeps falling asleep and we don't get to finish it. Um, So both stories have to do with a woman who doesn't want to leave her house, drinks too much, has had a lot of trauma, a particular trauma. Um, in her life and um, so there's just there's so many similarities so if you're going to watch them I was telling my daughter this she had just she'd watched one episode of the Kristen Bell one and I said okay stop go back and watch the woman in the window and then the Kristen Bell version is going to be funnier (laughs) so um, so yeah so that 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 was uh, very fun so it's a, a woman trapped in the house looking out the window because her life sucks and um sees a murder and nobody believes her and so I guess this is also like the woman on the train there's a lot of gone girl there's there's like a lot of it's kind of in that same genre of those types of um, movies and tv shows before we move into our last segment I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor Silk and Sonder so Silk and Sonder is a monthly journal subscription so you get a fresh start every month I just recently received my February journal Um, and the theme is adoration so there's a new theme every month and there are consistent pages month to month gratitude journals habit tracking to-do list monthly setup weekly setup all those types of things that are consistent every month but then there are different journaling prompts and um, themes to investigate and lots of blank pages to do more of that you know organic journaling and it's on um, a little uh grid paper which I absolutely love so I've been enjoying um, my Silk and Sonder subscription every single month I'm diving into the February one and um, I actually got the stickers for the February edition they have a separate sticker pack that goes along with each month and I'm usually a little bit of a utilitarian journaler but I am starting to play around with using some different pens and stickers and it being not just um, you know a self-care thing to get things out of my head but a little bit of a creativity booster and I'm really enjoying that the other thing that I really enjoy about the the Silk and Sonder journal is that there is an app and they have their own app so if you're like like me trying to stay off a lot of uh, social media um, you can just go to this app which is just a, a brush breath of fresh air and they have something called a daily ritual where you can just listen to um, about a five to seven minute little audio from the president um, an owner of Silk and Sonder, and that might inspire some of your your journaling as well. They also have what they call Sonder Socials, which are little um, online events to help you do with in, or do together with other people your monthly setup, weekly setup, coloring pages, different aspects of the journaling. So it's very community oriented as well. So um, one of the things that's in the app are they have bingos. And it's a little like, you know, virtual online bingo card to encourage you to do different things. There's a lot of ones that have the theme of self-care of, um, you know, 
um, taking a nature walk or a bubble bath or light a candle, you know, those types of, you know, things to help you just slow down. Well, I was asked to curate um, a bingo card for February um, about getting back on track with your goals. So um, my goals for uh, 2022 really involve um, health and home and creativity. So my bingo card has, you know, things about trying a new creative outlet, um, obviously spend some time journaling, clean out a drawer, um, create, improve a space of your home, do a lovely tablescape, um, go for a nature walk, you know, just different things like that. And I'm having fun filling out my own bingo card. I have not made a bingo yet, um, but I'm having um, fun just doing those different types of little activities to just kind of beat the February doldrums. So if you're interested uh, in Silk and Sonder, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can click over and use the code SHE, S-H-E 15, to get 15% off uh, a, a monthly subscription. To finish up today, I wanted to give you an update. On last episode, I talked about um, trying to tackle my master bathroom renovation project and that I was having such a hard time getting going. Um, My first steps kept sort of being foiled. And I have a fun update on that. After listening to that episode, Stephanie over at the Make and Decorate podcast um, reached out to me and she is a residential interior designer and said, I would like to help you out with that. (laughs) So is that the sweetest thing? This community is amazing. So we met over FaceTime um, this week where I walked her through my embarrassingly bad 35-year-old bathroom and she did not seem appalled at all. And um, so we had a great conversation about um, vanity options, paint, lighting, flooring, um, all kinds of things. So I've got my homework at this point after we had our, our conversation where I kind of told her what my goals were and she, you know, offered up all kinds of just suggestions right off the top of her head. Um, and so my homework is to... Um, go pick out a vanity but I'm feeling a little bit more empowered about that right now and so that is something that I'm gonna um, get on this this week and then move on to flooring and paint but I just it, it she really just helped me get that first step out of the way which was great one of the questions that she asked me is um, so what is your style and I was like, well, I don't have the vocabulary for that. So I just took her downstairs and showed her what my family room looks like, which, which of course, she's a, a real life designer. And so now I know that my style is considered transitional. It's definitely not modern, but it's not traditional in more of that heavy, ornate way. Um, so, so I was really happy to have some um, vocabulary around that. And then while I had her, because, you know, how often do you have the ear of a professional designer? I was telling her how it's been my goal to, to like create better tablescapes that I feel like, you know, I, I feel like we invested in good, um, we have good carpet, we have hardwood floors, um, we haven't, we redid our staircase, we have good quality furniture, but I don't know how to accessorize. And, um, or I'm not, you know, I mean, I've learned, but I I just, this is a weakness for me. And, and I have a couple like sofa tables, you know, kind of long skinny tables. And those really, like, I do not know what to do uh, with those. So I showed her one and she, I said, yeah, so this is, and I actually thought this one was pretty good. I I recently added a fern on that table and did a stack of books and a candle. Those were kind of new additions, Stephanie, if you're listening. but in addition to that, what did it have? A lamp, a plant, two frames, a stack of books with a candle on it. And she said, 
Well, you know, everything starts tall and then gets lower, you know, just like a stair step down, which I kind of thought was the right thing to do. She's like, no, take out one of those frames and put like a vase there, which I happen to have in another room. So I just went and did that right in front of her, you know, just said, what about this? And she was like, yes. And it, and it looked so much better. So it was like, she, I just, I learned something so tangible and she fixed a space right then and there. So anyways, go check out Stephanie's podcast. She's a quilter. And, um, you know, and so she's got all kinds of episodes about, about quilting. She interviews people and, um, I think she's going to be doing more, um, decorating episodes because you know what? I think a lot of us feel like we don't quite know what we're doing with interior design. So those types of episodes are so appreciated. So what I guess I want to say is don't be afraid to accept help and, really just getting started on those small steps are um, really help you gain some momentum. So I will be happy to um, just kind of keep checking in with you guys as I progress with this, with this project, which is not to completely redo my whole master bathroom with a beautiful shower and tub. Those are just going to stay. They are un, they, they are fine, but they're not fancy in any way. But I do just want to walk in and feel like this is a, a space that works well for us and reflects um, my style. So that's my, my goal there. So one of the last things I want to talk about is just, um, I don't know if I'll do this every episode, but share with you something in particular that I'm loving, which isn't that what this whole episode, <laughs> this whole podcast is. Just, let me just share with you all the things I'm loving, but this one doesn't fit into any great category. Um, I just grew up in the last couple of weeks and finally bought myself a good pair of tweezers. I have limped along with crummy tweezers my whole life, my whole life. And um, I, I really need some good ones now because, um, you know, at my age, it's not my eyebrows, it's my chin <laughs> that needs the tweezers. And I think you know what I'm talking about. And I just kept having this problem of with these you know, my old tweezers of just not doing the job, just not actually working. And then I, I bought some, um, waxing strips and honestly they didn't work well. So I did a little research and I bought a pair of tweezers off of Amazon and it was, they came as a two pack. I would have happily just bought one, but they happened to come as a two pack and it was like $10. I told my husband, I'm like, why I, I can be so crazy about spending money that I'll just, you know, go out to for coffee and, you know, treat a friend or whatever and spend 20 bucks. But will I, you know, buy a pair of tweezers that will last me for my whole life for $5? You know, I, I can be really inconsistent that way. But the brand is Tweezer Guru. I guess another really good brand that was recommended was Tweezerman. Um, but I bought Tweezer Guru and it's like freaking life changing to have something that works so perfectly. <laughs> It is hilarious. So anyways, I will put a link in the show notes, but um, as I'm getting older, I am just really like buy quality, um, quit buying the cheap thing and rebuying it, buy the the thing that's going to work. So that's what I have to say about that. All right, that is it for this week. And I hope that you guys have a, a great weekend. I appreciate you guys so much. Pop over to the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group um, if you would like a chance to win these two fat quarter shop patterns. Oh, I did a poll in the, the Facebook group last time to ask if people 
ever checked the show notes because, you know, they take a while to put together. I do not mind doing it um, if people find it useful. But if I if everybody said, no, I've never checked the show notes, then I was like, oh, you know, maybe I don't need to do show notes. But it turns out people do appreciate the show notes. Um, I was brought up at least one time that someone didn't know where they were. So the show notes are always at my blog, um, which is um, kristenesser.com. But if, so if you just Google my name or Simple Handmade Every Day, it will come up as the first result. So definitely check the show notes over there. That way you don't have to jot anything down. So you can always find me there at, at my blog on Instagram at Kristen Esser. And um, yeah, we'll see you hanging out over there on Facebook so that we continue the conversation. And people are posting all kinds of their own projects, which is exactly what I want for that group. I don't want it to be that I have to start every conversation. So please feel free to post whatever you're working on, reading, cooking, whatever. Always happy to see that. Have a great week.